0: The recording that you're about to listen to is a talk from the City Bible Forum. We would appreciate you respecting our copyright by not making copies of this talk or altering the content in any way. We hope that you find the material beneficial. If you would like more information on the City Bible Forum, you can visit us on the web at citybibleforum.org. Okay, folks, uh, great to see you here. Well done for uh, taking back lunch hour. Uh, yeah, as Lotham said today, I hope that what we'll do is a short talk with uh, much more uh, Q&A, uh, because the issue we're talking about today generates, uh, how can I put it, a lot of interest, and often a lot of angst. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Quick question begin you, can you work out what is the common theme in all these movies? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should say, City Bible Forum as an organisation does not necessarily endorse all of these movies, nor does the speakers admit to having actually seen them all. Okay, now that I've covered it. Uh, here we go. Oh, by the way, if you want to SMS questions to Lachlan, that's the SMS number. That will come up uh, often, but I hope that, that Russ is walking around later uh, with a microphone and you'll be able to uh, ask your questions uh, old school. Okay, here's those movies. Should we work out the common thread? Mel Gibson in Payback, um, The Count of Monte Cristo, Hamlet, Mel, Mel Gibson again, we've been waiting them to make Hamlet 2, but they, they haven't, uh, Machete, that's your uh, kind of an art house, your thinking person's movie, came out a couple of years ago, uh, Man on Fire with Denzel, Kill Bill, Volume 1, The First Wyatt's Club, The Hell. <laughs> uh, from an uh, interesting book, if you've seen that one, it's uh, very memorable. Uh, now, there's eight different movies that are very different. You've got movies as uh, different as uh, Machete, which is a B-grade, like the Guts thing, and The Help, uh, or The First Wives Club and Kill Bill. They're totally different, and yet, anyone pick the common theme, what they're about? Revenge. Sorry? Revenge. revenge, yes, absolutely. Why? Because, well, revenge... Uh, Here's some interesting quotes about revenge Gorgeous hair is the best revenge And that's Ivana Trump, not Donald Trump But I think his hair is gorgeous as well Uh, Ivana was his, I think she was his first wife Uh, She's no longer married to uh, Mr Trump Um, Russ, we've got a problem Is that alright? this is Friedrich Nietzsche. It is... Thanks, mate. If we go back... Uh, there we are. Thank you. It's my fault. Uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, a German philosopher. I think he died in 1900. It is impossible to suffer without making someone pay for it. Every complaint already contains revenge. Or, Stieg Larsen, uh, he's the uh, Swedish author who wrote The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, to exact revenge for yourself or your friends is not only a right, it's an absolute duty. Or the one that I like, Alfred Hitchcock, revenge is sweet and not fat. <laughs> it is sweet. There's many different kinds of revenge. Now, you know, the movies are all full of uh, kind of uh, violence, blood and fundamental revenge, except for the hell, which is perhaps the Simone... moment Anyway... <laughs> I won't say what happens, but it, it's pretty nasty revenge that little lady does. Uh, but it's not just the movies, is it? You open the newspaper uh, almost every day; someone has crossed the line and has been some kind of brutal, violent revenge for some wrong that's been done. But there's other ways of revenge as well. You might, some of you might choose to destroy their reputation or undermine something at work. Okay? And who does it well? kind of appeals to everyone, I put it. There's just a hypothetical possibility that a Prime Minister who was assassinated in office might take revenge by undermining a political party that he or she hypothetically belonged to, and it kind of applies to I want to ask you, why, why is revenge sweet? Anyone? Now, Russ, we might need that start with the microphone soonish. but anyone want to say, why is revenge sweet? I know you're going to take an event, think yourself into it now. Why oh, would it be sweet? Okay. There's a general perception that Okay, yeah, there's a general perception that justice is served when revenge is taken. Yeah. It's the idea of I've been wronged, and revenge is me giving it back. Uh, it, it is me. You hurt me, I have a kind of a well, a moral right to hurt you back. And so it, it feels good. And it's perfectly natural to, to want to do that. Uh, now, it's in that kind of, if you like, perfectly natural response to being hurt or injured in whatever way, that Jesus of Nazareth says the following. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent... Repent meaning, I I turn around, I I come back, I I come back, I essentially say I'm sorry. You must forgive me. Jesus saying, forgive even up to seven times a day. What does he mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Can he really expect people to live this way? If you have a look in your program, you'll see on the left-hand side, uh, we've been working our way through Luke's Gospel, we're up to chapter 17. I'm going to read those 10 verses and then give you a moment or two to have a a think um, and see what questions or comments you have, and we'll do it that way. So here we go. Luke chapter 17 from verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck. And to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So, watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The Apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea,' and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Why do you rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant? Because he did what he was told to do, you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, "We are unworthy servants; we have only done our duty." Um, I just one question that kind of uh, in a discussion you we were having there this morning was: If what if I go out of my way to try and forgive somebody, but they don't want to accept my apology? What do you do in situation? Is there a biblical reference there? Okay, so. Jesus says, if someone comes back to you and says, I repent, meaning really, I turn around. It's not exactly the same as saying, I'm sorry, but it's close enough. I I turn back, and he says, you've got to forgive them. And notice, look at 17 verse 1. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is to those who would follow him, those who would call themselves Christians, people who follow Jesus as their Lord and Master. He's saying, this is how you've got to live. If someone doesn't come back, like that. There's, there's some debate about do you forgive them anyway. Notice Jesus says here, if they repent, if they come back, you need to forgive them. Uh, sometimes you hear, when there's a particular a tragedy or someone who's, some, sometimes maybe someone's killed or some crime committed and the person who's wronged is a Christian and they say, oh we forgive these people, even sometimes when they haven't been caught, or whatever. We just want to say, we forgive I'm not sure that Jesus calls Christians to do that. Why? Because ultimately the goal of forgiveness is is reconciliation, is bringing the two parties together. And the Christian person, one who follows Jesus, is to be the one with the hand outstretched offering forgiveness. But until someone will actually accept that, until someone comes back and admits they're wrong, you can't have the final reconciliation. For the person who's not repentant, and we're talking here about serious things. I don't, I don't mean someone does something that mildly annoys you or they forget to put their right-hand indicator on in the track. And you have, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case. It's something significant. Uh, for the person who isn't repentant, won't turn around, won't admit that, uh, the New Testament says this. Let me see why. I... Uh, okay, this one. You're, you're not to take revenge you're to for the Christian person is to leave it with God right? to, to, if you like uh, for a sporting analogy to give you a cricket fan it would be to let it go through to the people which is God. let me read this with you quickly. Romans chapter 12 the apostle Paul says this if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone you notice he doesn't say live at peace with everyone why does he say, if it's possible, as my ask That's really obvious. It, ta- it takes two to live at peace. Okay. But as much as it's possible for the Christian to live at peace with everyone, and then, if you're wronged, verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Why? But leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. And that's quoting the Old Testament law the book of Deuteronomy. I will repay, says the Lord. Why? God cares about how His people are treated, uh, but God is the one who sees everything. God knows someone's motives. God's able to weigh up what's right in a way that we can't. God is the one who will bring justice. On the, which, which means you can you can let it go. On the contrary, Paul says, verse twenty: If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Um, the burning coals. It could mean you make them feel really bad. Probably more likely means you may actually bring him or her to repentance. One way to make people really realise how badly they've treated you is to still treat them with love and care. So I, I don't think forgiveness is exactly without repentance, you're not to take revenge, but forgiveness and reconciliation are going to get. Louder. Louder. As an extension of that question, um, someone has asked the first part, but also, uh, so how can that relationship move forward when the other person is not seeking forgiveness? Uh, is it even possible? How can that relationship move forward when the other person is not seeking forgiveness? I think that's the whole point. When you've got something serious between you and it's unresolved, that, that's the problem. And if you look at the whole... Ten verses. What Jesus is concerned about is the way that a Christian community functions, and so he's talking here about your brother or sister. He's talking about the way that Christians treat each other. And and you notice if someone wrongs you, it's not oh, I hate them from a the distance. It's rebuke it, tell them the wrong that they've done, so that they're able, they know. If someone really annoys you, sometimes sometimes they don't know, and you just. You walk in the room and the temperature is twenty below zero, and you think, "What? Um, what, what did I do? Did you... Was it only my home that, that happened?" <laughs> uh, are we recording this?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So I, I think that's the whole point of, of a community functions. See, the first, the first part, the first little paragraph is about don't, don't lead people away from Jesus. Don't make people stumble. Some of the stumble words that stand out so we get Someone be embarrassed, or ashamed, or walk away from Jesus. Don't do that. The other is though, be prepared to forgive and and seek reconciliation. Any questions from the crowd? What are yeah. we'll getting the microphone for you. I just had a comment about. Um, verse 19 where it's if it's in the context of a community of Christians and God saying it's mine to avenge and I will repay, because of salvation because of what Jesus has done all of the offense that we're going to do our offensive of conduct that we're going to make against other people and their offensive of conduct towards us it's it's comes from the context where Jesus has already paid for that offense yes. And so it's actually easier for us to forgive someone because they're actually free of that guilt or that condemnation because Jesus only paid the price and God's taking that. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Yes, the, the whole Christian message is about God actually paying the price so that people can be forgiven. Yeah. And and the, the follower of Jesus is the motivation that Jesus gives again and again for being able to forgive people. Um, so, for example, the, um, like the, there's a parable in Matthew chapter 18 about the servant who's forgiven this much, and then he doesn't want to forgive someone a little bit. The point of parable being, you trust Jesus. God's forgiven us that much, that, that much, and and we should be able to therefore to give that same forgiveness to other people who've only wronged us this much. That that's that's the point of being able to forgive. Got another one come through on SMS. Uh, our, is forgiveness continuous? Uh, so, you know, if we thought we'd forgiven someone, but if it keeps popping up for us in our heads, uh, do we, we keep forgiving them again and again? Or, yeah, is forgiveness a continuous thing? Right. Is forgiveness a continuous thing that keeps popping up in our heads again and again? I guess it... I, I, I think there's two different issues there. You see Jesus says in verse... Um, in 3 and 4, or in verse 4, but if someone comes back seven times in a day and says, I repent, forgive them. Uh, if that literally happens seven times a day, you have to doubt someone's sincerity, that they're not really genuinely repenting. But I think what Jesus is saying is kind of uh, hyperbole, uh, exaggeration for the point of, of uh, effect. He's saying, don't keep records of wrong. Keep, keep it's not like, oh, someone gets to eight times in the day, that's it, you gone. No, no. Uh, uh, he's saying, don't, don't keep records of wrongs. Keep being ready to forgive. And you might want to come back later, it's not the same, forgiveness is not the same as saying it never happened. And it's not the same as saying there's no consequences. So worth trying to understand exactly what is forgiveness. That might be another question. But what might lie behind the question is this, what if someone wrongs me and I I can't feel like I forgive uh, you know there are times when uh, there are times when someone may hurt us and and we determine that we will forgive them but you can't forget it well, that's alright, I don't think there's anyone in the Bible that says you've got to forget it in fact sometimes it's good thing not to forget it uh, but it, it can take a long time to go from I decide that I will forgive you to I feel that I've forgiven you. And forgiveness is not primarily an emotion. Forgiveness is primarily a decision how you act towards somebody. But it, you know the, the, the emotional baggage can still be coming along the tracks to, to catch up with the decision. Uh, any other questions? Uh, just want to ask something about uh, one of the questions about take, an eye, for an eye. Uh, I remember take an eye for an eye. Oh, eye, 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 eye yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, read a bit about it on the show, on the mind, on the but uh, is there somewhere else in the Old Testament? What's he talking about that? Uh, can uh-huh. you give us a bit of a contest? Or? Yes, an eye for an eye, whatever number that is. Uh, Does it doesn't Number five, okay. Ever watch those cooking shows where they say he's one prepared earlier? Um, <laughs> I just figured, it, good question. Yeah. The eye for the eye thing, um, the lac, uh, lex talionis means the law of the tooth. Okay? Well, the, the law of the like, tooth and claw. From the book of Leviticus says, anyone who injures their neighbour is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who's inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Now, is that reinforcing vengeance, uh, revenge? No. A couple of things to say. One is, it's actually to limit retaliation and put a limit on retaliation. The way that feud is, you know, I knock out one eye, you come back and knock out two, I go, you know, etc. It, it limits it. But the other thing to notice in the context, it's judicial. It's saying the law of Israel, those who were judges, were to inflict penalties like this rather than personal vengeance. In fact, in the Old Testament, God instituted, as he called it, cities of refuge. That is, you accidentally um, you accidentally kill someone or injure someone, there were cities that you could run to and were like safe havens so that relatives couldn't come and take revenge on you and you were there in the safe haven until the judicial system sorted it out. So in fact this is about limiting revenge and it's about justice by judicial system. When you get to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus quotes this and he says, personally, you can do better than that. Personally, don't take revenge. It's not an eye for an eye. Let it go. Trust God. You can read that in Matthew chapter 5. What about um, when somebody won't forgive you? That's a very good question. When someone won't forgive you. It is interesting that forgiveness is not something that can be demanded. And forgiveness is something that's very precious. And so, I'm not not sure what to say there. Forgiveness is something that you can ask for it, but you can't demand it you can ask to be forgiven uh, do, you, do, you have, do you want to say any more on that? I, I'm happy that, but I, I guess yeah I think forgiveness is something that can't be demanded uh, look um, I mean I, I obviously am asking that from personal experience but um, uh, the way it resolved for me was eventually I had to accept the fact that it was really between me and God That is, this person continue well forever. Not. To yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the, the good news about of uh, the of uh, the message that Jesus brings is that God is more than ready to forgive us for anything. It may be that there are some relationships with people that can't be Mark, do you have Microphone. No microphone and If do Someone doesn't. Does that mean you have to live with the guilt, you know, guilt for the rest of your life, or is it, as you suggested, that uh, there's some relationships which yeah, may not, in our lifetime, be restored or brought to reconciliation? So most of the questions we've assumed we're thinking about, well, what happens when we're, we're actually seeking each other comfort and we live with guilt? Yeah. Uh, Guilt's a hard to believe. I've given a lot of thought about why it is that we feel guilty. And I think the usual answer is that we are. Hmm? Certainly before God. And yet God offers us forgiveness and and takes away the guilt. Now sometimes your feelings, once again, can lag behind. If you've trusted Jesus, God God will forgive you. But there are some relationships with people... Where uh, even if you're repentant and sorry and ask for forgiveness, but people are not willing to give that, and there are some things that in this life can't be repaired. It's interesting how strong Jesus is on. If if, you, if we belong to Jesus, God's forgiven us this much, and He's saying we need to be ready to forgive other people, and even if they don't ask for forgiveness, we need to. Let it go and leave it with God. So I want to ask, why is it that forgiveness is so difficult and, and, and can be painful? The answer is this, if, if Lachlan wrongs me, I have kind of, I can feel his moral right to hurt him back. To not do that, to say to Lachlan, I, the Bible sometimes will talk about forgiveness in terms of a debt, or sometimes breaking the law, or whatever, whatever. I will absolve your debt, I'll not hurt you back. It means you've got to absorb the wrong yourself. And it's absorbing that uh, that it's difficult, it costs, it hurts. Of course, the part of the Christian message is this, we've we've, uh, offended God, broken his laws massively in his debt. He absorbs the wrong that we've done in the person of Jesus, who dies for us. Forgiveness is very costly. That's why you can't demand it; you just gratefully accept it when it's offered. Other thoughts? questions? Ruby. Okay. Verse five. All right. I think that there's a there's a flow in the argument. Look at verse five. Jesus has just said, if someone, if someone wrongs you and they come back and say, I repent, you've got to forgive them, and up to seven times in a day when you don't keep track of the wrongs, and my guess is their mouths dropped open, and they say in verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, well, I'll increase our faith, I, I, well, man, we've really got to trust you on this one, um, help us with that. And then Jesus said this strange thing about a mulberry tree. Verse 6, he replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is half a matchhead, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Once again, I think that's hyperbole. I don't think Jesus is asking you to walk around and find a mulberry tree if you want it to up and down. You could just not... That's not what he's interested in. In fact, you can't plant a tree in the ocean. What he's saying is, a little bit of faith in him, a little bit of trust, can see things happen that you might think are impossible. And particularly in the context, a little bit of faith or trust in him, you will be able to <coughs> forgive people. I, I think that's what he's saying. Have, got any more, have got time? Have you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've still got a few more minutes. Does that okay. make sense, is that Yep. I've had someone ask about question 12. So what's the link with the story about the servant serving no. Ah, okay, good question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're getting trouble if someone dials in 13, that's all I right. do. Okay, let's have a look. What does he say? He says, forgive people and don't keep track of wrongs, which is a huge ask. So revenge is absolutely natural. So um, it's a huge ask. They say increase our faith. Jesus, a little bit of faith, you can do the impossible. And then, okay, let Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink, and after uh, that, you may eat and drink? Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? Okay, can I ask. When you guys went to work this morning and you arrived at your desk or whatever, did the <coughs> boss run over, he or she, they run over, give you a hug and say, thank you so much for coming to work today. And it happened. No, it didn't happen, did it? No. Why? Well, they kind of took it for granted. It's as if it wasn't you, you didn't get <laughs> yeah. uh, He works for City Bible for him. he definitely didn't get a hug. Uh, <laughs> why? Because, well, they pay you and it's your job and you turn up well, big deal, thanks you know, thanks for being here that you just need to Okay. so look at so that's what Jesus is saying, so the servant comes in from the field, you're not going to say, oh, well, thank you for, well, your job, get my dinner ready, wait on me, and then after that, time off you go, okay, understand? but then look at how he explains it, verse 10 so you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say we are unworthy servants we have only done our you." What's your name? If you belong to Jesus, if you trust Him, and He's forgiven you that much—just free forgiveness—the fact that you can forgive other people this much isn't really a big deal. So, at the end, sure, I've forgiven Mark for all these things he's done, and all these other. Well, don't pat yourself on the back. It's just a job. Okay, you've already been forgiven that much. Of course you can forgive people this money. Do you see his point? We, you, you're a servant of Jesus. You've done your job. You've done what you're called to do. It's not a uh, it's not a thing to get puffed up about. We are unworthy servants. We've just done anything. Now, does that make sense? D- just a, a nod from anyone. Thank you. And you just have a good one. you mm-hmm. see how the flow of the... Be careful not to leave little ones. And by the way, just say quickly, the little ones. Uh, where are we? Yeah, little ones, what does Jesus mean? Jesus so says, um, uh, verse um, 2, I better have a millstone, a, a giant stone tied around me and thrown to the sea, than to cause one of the little ones to stumble. What does he mean? Little ones, wherever else he uses the phrase little ones, he means... The ones who believe in him, the ones who trust him. Christians, if you like, today. So Matthew 42, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, who is my disciple, or Matthew 18, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, or Mark 9, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me. So don't don't do anything to damage the trust that that these little ones have in him. And then... The other important thing in fact is be prepared to forgive each other. And even though forgiveness is hard, that's what you're called to do if you serve Jesus. Thanks, Al. We might actually need to start wrapping it up there and just had any other last things you wanted to say. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I guess just a few... Times. The whole point of the message is this. You can't demand forgiveness. It can only be given and it costs. And the point that Jesus comes to make us pay is to say that God offers us free forgiveness at a great cost, but the cost is paid by Jesus. Thank you. Uh, the recording that you have just listened to is from the City Bible Forum. For more information about City Bible Forum events in your city or to order other talks, please visit citybibleforum.org.